Disclaimer. This podcast does not wish to harm any values or opinions of any person or community. This is merely a history podcast to share information. You are listening to the Purvakhyan podcast where we discuss historical events and impressions of the past. This podcast is dedicated in the loving memory of our late grandfather, Kaka Sahib Chitay. He loved to tell stories, all kinds of stories, especially about his experiences. His face lit up when he shared stories, and they were such in detail as if he remembered them from a few minutes ago. He always shared a piece of his past. He would share his tales, hoping to let us learn from them and imbibe our own versions into our lives. Hello, everyone. This is the first episode of a series wherein we will discuss an era that still inspires us today. Today, the topic we present is a topic very close to all our hearts. A topic that revives a flame of patriotism, pride and respect in our hearts. It is the era of Chhatrapati Shivaji Maharaj. Well said. In this series of the era of Chhatrapati Shivaji Maharaj, we will talk about the incredible developments that took place under this great king's rule, of which some are even applicable right now. We all have heard of Maharaja's legendary and heroic stories as children, in awe, definitely, and always aspired to imbibe the patriotism, determination, leadership, and selfless nature that he possessed. So we thought of making episodes on the marvelous developments, and in particular, the administration that was made under Chhatrapati Shivaji Maharaja's rule, something that most, most of us don't really know in detail, but we all should. So in this episode, we talk about the way Chhatrapati Shivaji Maharaj planned every single aspect of his Swarajya, his kingdom. And in the next episode, we will dive deeper into the interesting facts and stories that occurred in his time, as well as the forts. Let us commence our journey through the thoroughly planned administration of this era. Also, do you all remember our Ajji Sunita Patankar, who was also a guest, guest in our previous podcast, where we talked about Marathi, its origins and attributes. If uh, you don't know about this podcast, please check it out on our YouTube channel. It is the third episode of uh, the Marathi podcast. It is also available on Apple Podcast and Spotify. So we asked her about the administration of Chhatrapati Shivaji Maharaj's era, since she holds Marathi and Shivaji Maharaj very, very close to her heart. And the reply we got was... Much of the information that we have talked about in this episode has been referred through books like Shiva Charitra. So let us commence into this episode. Let us begin by taking a look at the administration from its birth in this era, which is in Maharaja's childhood. Well, Tai, uh, do you remember the games we used to play when we were small, like smaller than now? Yes, I do. We, we would play like board games like Monopoly and Uno, which we still do <laughs> and are guilty of doing it instead of studying. 
Um, and outdoor games like hide and seek and other sort of like running games and stuff. Right. Well, Maharaj had lived and practiced his aspirations of Swarajya from his childhood. His games that he played at Shivneri Fort were Dan Patta, Talwar Bazi, and they were strategic. He aspired to build a kingdom where his people could live in happiness, in peace, and never be afflicted by the atrocities that the Mughal Empire practiced. This nature was imbibed by his mother, Maharani Jizaubai, whose husband served as a general to the Mughal Empire. She and her husband had seen the continuous plunder and destruction done by the Mughal rulers. And hence, this fire of patriotism and this fire of justice was passed down to her son, who would play these games along with his Savangari, who would later become the Maori. This would lead them to a Hindavi Swaraj. Through this natural training from the games, he believed that the administration of his Swarajya should be suitable to the situation and time for the people's welfare. He also believed that a kingdom can only remain fair and just when any supremacy of the king, or any other leader for that matter, is declined. A king should not have the utmost rule of power, or it wouldn't be beneficial for the nation or for the happiness of the people. Even though he was most definitely the king, he knew what was best for the nation was a proper administration where he had ministers or secretaries appointed to work under him in all spheres and affairs of the nation. This also shows that Maharaj didn't become a king for glory or power and personal gains, but for his people and thus would always enact the best for them. That led him to make the famous council of eight ministers called Ashtapradhan. This Ashtapradhan consisted of a prime minister or Peshwa, the revenue minister called Amatya, finance minister called Sachiv, a minister of internal affairs called Mantri, a defense minister called Senapati, a minister of external affairs called Suman, a minister of law called Nyayadhish, and a minister of religious affairs called Pandit. Ashtapradhan meaning eight ministers. The Peshwa, the first minister, who held the power after the king, looked over all affairs and headed all the ministers, and in the absence of the king, he would carry forward the duties. The Senapati, the second minister, would lead and look over the army. The army was a very important part of the Swarajya, and it was the force that protected the nation and helped it regain its power from the Mughals. The third minister, Amatya, would look over all the revenue of the forts and take over the task of collection and counting of the revenue, as well as the financing and their financial expenses of the Lashkari or the soldiers. The fourth minister, Sachiv, would look over all the financial matters of the Rajya. The fifth minister, or Mantri, would look over the royal affairs, as in the internal affairs, as well as supervise the palace and its gardens, main forts, and other internal affairs, affairs of the nation. The sixth minister, called Sumant, would take care of all the external problems and international relations as well as alliances, 
all foreign threats were also looked over by him. The seventh minister, called Nyayadhish, looked over the law and justice in the Rajya and ensured that the right course of action is taken in conflict and advised the king to do the same, as well as resolved conflicts between people of the diverse communities. The eighth minister, called Pandit, conveyed and relayed messages from one fort to another and looked over all the religious affairs of the Rajya. Along with this system of Ashtapradhan, Shivaji Maharaj also ensured proper administration in his mother, Maharani Jizaubai's residence. The fort she resided in was equipped with proper security as well as necessities like food and water and a systematic placement of guards which were kept for her protection. A few intelligent, smart and good women as well as men helped Maharani Jizaubai and ensured her commands were executed properly. Further, Shivaji Maharaj also assembled a proper system for the protection of the Pujari and the Pandits who were regularly prosecuted by the Mughals. Now when it comes to the administration of the royal court or the Darbar, a Sihasan, a throne, was kept for Chhatrapati Shivaji Maharaj to be seated on at the centre. Standing behind him were the Huzurs, Morcheles, Tambres, Pankhes and Pandanes. Aptajan, who would reside behind the king, while Peshwas and other ministers, as well as the foreign ministers from other kingdoms, would sit in the front. We see such a proper system of uh, seating. For example, on the left side of the court, the Senapati, Nayadhish, Sachiv, etc. would be seated, whereas the other ministers working under the Peshwa would be behind the Peshwa. Even today, this type of systematic seating is seen in the political houses, the Rajya Sabha and the Lok Sabha. This shows the brilliance of this properly laid out and planned system. Exactly. And Maharaj was like this for every matter, not just administration, but for war, defence, revenue or anything else that concerned the nation. He planned every detail and made sure that the outcome would be the best for his people. There are some, so, so many more aspects uh, and stories as well as knowledge that we can learn from Chhatrapati Shivaji Maharaj alone and much, much more from the marvellous endeavours and developments in this era. That is the reason why we need a second episode to discuss in depth the most important aspects of this era. The backbone of the Maratha Empire, the military administration, as well as the forts, and also some interesting facts and stories that occurred in this marvellous era of Chhatrapati Shivaji Maharaj. I hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. If you have any suggestions on um, regarding this podcast, please DM us on our Instagram at underscore Purvakhyan underscore. And don't forget to like, subscribe and share with all your friends and family. Thank you.